thank all of you for joining us here on a wonderful, wonderful Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, we're just excited in the midst of all that's going on. We're just excited about having church in whatever way we can have it and giving the Lord all the praise and uh, all the glory and just expecting a great and mighty revival. Amen. I want to go right into the word of the Lord, if I may. I'm reading one verse of scripture, one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible in Psalms 30 and verse 5. Psalms 30, verse 5, we miss all of you. We hope you miss us, the sheep. Nothing like getting together with the sheep and having some church, but uh, we're just making do the best we can. Hopefully we're going to get out of this mess that we're in and uh, just gather once again someday soon. We're believing that. Amen. Amen. Psalms 30 and 5, one verse. For his anger endureth but a moment. His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And my subject here for a few moments is simply put, joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the reading of your word. Thank you for this great day, a wonderful day that we celebrate your resurrection. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do my best. I'm so inadequate, God, fleshly, just flesh. But God, I know that you can help me, anoint me. Your word's already anointed, but anoint these lips of clay. We give the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We got a few folks here. Clap your hands. few folks here. Clap your hands in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you here today. The word of the Lord is powerful. The word, God's word, the Bible is powerful. I love preaching from this wonderful book. It is a book that tells so many incredible and miraculous stories. It's a wonderful book to read. Not just God and his interaction with humans, not just stories about human beings, but stories of what are called angels. I want to establish at the outset of this message that we believe in angels. According to the word of the Lord, and for what the Lord has even done in our day in which we live, we believe in angels. So in the outset, I'm preaching about angels. Now you say, well, come on, pastor, this is Easter Sunday, and you should be preaching about the resurrection. You're preaching about angels. Well, to remind you that at the resurrection, there was an angel. He was there, and he was the one that proclaimed, he is not here. He is not here, but he has risen. Angels. What are angels? Angels are heavenly messengers of God, made by God, sent by God. Why are angels here, or what uh, is the purpose of angels? Well, they are sent, and their purpose is to aid, protect, and proclaim God's message 
on the earth. In essence, angels are, they are God's soldiers. Angels are the army of the Lord. And so we have heard it said uh, concerning this virus, and I hate to keep mentioning it, but it is what it is. We are at war with a virus. We're not at war with another country or another army. We are at war with this sickness that has just uh, uh, completely surrounded our planet. And uh, we have deployed even the military. Now, we can, we can talk about uh, these wonderful people in these great cities, these medical people, and even here in our uh, state of Indiana, medical people out on the front lines, we can talk about them being like soldiers, uh, and, uh, and they are, and they're, they're fighting the battle on the front lines, and in the outset of this message, we appreciate them so much. Our prayers are going out to medical people, those on, right on the front line. But actually, not only medical people, but the literal military has got involved in this uh, effort as we combat against this pandemic. Amen. God has a military deployment. Amen. God has an army. And whenever there was an event that took place in the heavenlies or whenever there was a happening or something that took place in the supernatural, uh, you will find God's army coming to the rescue. And not only coming to the rescue, but God's army getting involved and doing and performing the miraculous. You will find angels of the Lord frequently present when God did something great. Let me just give you a couple quick examples. When the time came for Lot and his family to be led out of the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord sent down those angelic presents, amen, to carry out the mission, and they led Sodom, they led, excuse me, Lot and his family out of the terrible cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was an angel that visited, and I don't want to get into the subject of eschatology here on Easter Sunday, but it was an angel that visited Daniel and began to speak to him about these 70 weeks, amen, coming from an angel. It was an angel that visited Jesus when he was fasting in that time, getting away in the wilderness. It was an angel. The saints of God began to pray for Peter's deliverance from prison, and it was an angel, a man that came and began to lead Peter through those different wards, and finally in the outside of that prison, it was an angel that acted upon the prayers of God's people. I would like to bring to your attention today, and we could, there are so many, again, so many examples in the Bible, but I would like to draw your attention to three particular incidents of angels, and I would like them to apply them to my message uh, here today as I preach to you. First of all, there, uh, there were nine plagues that the Lord sent to deliver God's people from the bondage of Egypt. I won't go into all nine, darkness and frogs and so forth and so on. But the tenth plague that came was a death angel. It was a plague that was to kill the firstborn. And I don't want to get into the Passover and all of that here today in my message. But I do want to preach this to you, that if an angel 
from God, sent from God, brought on a death plague. I believe, now this is crazy preaching, but I believe that an angel from God could stop a death plague. I believe an angel, if an angel brought a death plague, then I believe that the, that the Lord, he is, a, he is an all-powerful God. He could send one of his army messengers. He wouldn't even need the whole uh, choir of angels. He could send one angel that could stop everything that is going on. I believe that we are serving a miracle work in God. Somebody say amen right where you are. Amen. And so uh, the angel that, uh, that brought the death plague, I don't know, he could be the same angel to stop the plague, uh, this pandemic that we have. And then the second point that I want to bring to you is there is a story in the New Testament of a man that lay by a pool of Bethesda for 38 years, and we know the Lord told him to uh, to take up his bed and walk, and a miracle was performed. But I want to go back to when he watched the angel trouble the waters. He lay by this pool, and he watched an angel as it would come in and flutter the waters. When the waters would flutter, people would jump in, and they would receive their healing. I am ready for a troubling of the waters in this time in which we're living in. And I feel like that the waters are being troubled. I know that fear is, is overcoming us, but I believe that there are angels, and again, this is unique preaching, I believe that there are angels that are working in the midst of all of this. You say, well, how can that take place when we've got death everywhere and this is just so horrible? Well, I believe that the Lord is about to do something great in the midst of this. And I am ready and I have the faith for God to do something. Oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to preach an uplifting message here today on this Easter Sunday that if you'll just hold on, hey man, revival is about to happen in this end time hour in which we're living in. I know it doesn't look like a great time and a great day and we're all perplexed on every front, but I believe that something great is coming on if we'll just hold on, somebody clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching to you today. And so the death angel came. Amen. He brought on the plague. I believe an angel can stop a plague. I believe an angel that troubled the waters. The waters are being troubled. I believe the Lord can send a mighty revival in the midst of everything that is taking place. And the third incident that I want to preach about angels, plural, is going to come again in the New Testament. And it comes, uh, Old Testament and New Testament, it comes after 400 years. You must understand, and and, uh, no doubt we have people that are watching this and you don't know a whole lot about the Bible. Maybe you understand that the Old Testament is Uh, comprised of a particular amount of books, and then there's the New Testament, and there is a separation between the two of 400 years, a gap between uh, uh, the book of, uh, the the last book of the Old Testament and uh, the book of Matthew, amen, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Malachi to Matthew, 400 years of silence are in that time, 400 years. 
400 years of silence. What does that mean? It means 400 years without a spiritual working from the Lord. And so uh, I want to, if I may here today, uh, I want to try to uh, preach about that a little bit. 400 years without a prophet. Think about that. 400 years without a prophet. 400 years without a word from the Lord, a moving of God's spirit. 400 years without the miraculous. There was no sea rolled back in that time of 400 years. There was no pillar of fire by night, nor a pillar of cloud by day in those 400 years. There was no marching around the wall of Jericho and walls crumbling down in that particular time frame. There was no nine-foot Philistine giant slain by a shepherd boy. I'm preaching to you about 400 years. No prayer meeting in the belly of a fish and a resurrection on the third day. No fire coming down from God to evaporate a sacrifice in the midst of a time with no water and famine. They're making that, evaporating that sacrifice on Mount Carmel. No promise given to the likes of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There were no prayer meetings in a lion's den in those 400 years. There was no cornmeal and cruise of oil that would never stop flowing. And later after that, a widow's son raised from the dead. No son standing still until the victory of the battle was won. In those 400 years of silence, there was no massive boat called an ark. There was no water flowing from a rock. There was no food being fed with ravens. There was no cloud the size of a man's hand. There was no cleansing of a leper in the Jordan River. There were no three coming out of the fire with a fourth one in the midst of them. And there was no sound in the tops of the mulberry trees. 400 years of darkness, 400 years of gloom, 400 years of obscurity and blackness. Call it what you want, but in essence, it was a spiritual drought. It was a plague, if you please, a void and bliss. 400 years of night. But a man came out of the wilderness by the name of John. And John came on the scene and he said, get ready. There's one that's coming that's about to bring light to the darkness. I know that you've been in the midst of it for 400 years. But there is one that's coming. I have good news. There are 400 years, but there's one that's coming, and he is going to bring the light. Clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching. And an angel named Gabriel comes to Mary and says to her, you are highly favored and you're going to have a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Again, on the subject of angels, the angel spoke the name Jesus. And so I bring to you my third incident of angels. For it was angels. They were the messengers of God. They lit up the sky before a flock of shepherds. 
shepherds, before a group of shepherds, and they said, we bring you or I bring you tidings of great joy. I'm bringing you tidings of great joy. There is a baby that is going to be born in Bethlehem. Joy was brought in the nighttime. And not only those shepherds, but later there were wise men. And the Bible said that they saw his star in the east. And when they saw his star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. 400 years of night. But I've come to tell a group of shepherds, I have good news. I have some joy. There's a baby that's coming. He's going to be born. Oh, I want to preach that joy is coming back home. 400 years of silence, but she's coming back. Let me repeat a couple of stories if I may. The joy that came when Abraham at 100 years of age and Sarah at 90 years of age had lost all hope of a promised child, a promise the Lord had made unto them. I feel like injecting this to somebody in their living room today. If the Lord made a promise unto you, you need to hold on to that promise because his promises are not slack, but they are yea and amen. And the Lord said, you're going to have a child. Get ready because it's going to happen. How shall it be? He said, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. If God made you a promise, don't let it stay in the grave on a Easter Sunday morning, but allow it to be resurrected. If the Lord said you're going to have a baby, get ready. If the Lord said the miracles come and get ready. If the Lord said it shall happen, get ready. There's going to be joy. It will be born in the house. Clap your hands if you believe what I'm preaching. Let me repeat the story once again. That joy, mm, that joy, 400 year of nighttime gap. But that joy that when they marched around Jericho on six days and on the seventh day seven times, that joy of the walls falling flat, that joy was about to be brought back. Oh, I want I want the church to know. I want to try to excite the people of God that he came. And when he came... He brought joy. Somebody help me out. He came and he came and he was there on a Friday night and he died on a dark Friday, on a nighttime Friday, on a pitch black Friday. He hung on the cross and they and they put a crown of thorn on his hands and they pierced the spear in his side and out came blood and water and mama wept and the other Mary wept and John wept. There would be weeping on a Friday night. But I've come to let the people of God know that joy would come on a Sunday morning. I said joy would come on a Sunday morning. He said it in his word. He endured the cross, despising the shame because he knew the joy that was set before him. I want to let America know just hold on a little while longer 
longer. I want to let the church know, hold on a little while longer. Joy is coming. I said joy is coming and she'll be here in the morning. Somebody give the Lord a mighty praise right now. Oh, come on. We got a few folk in here. I feel the Holy Ghost rolling in this room. Let's just magnify the name of the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, praise him in your living room for just a moment. Praise him on your couch, wherever you are. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy. Somebody say joy. Come on, you folks here in this studio. Somebody say joy right now. Joy. Joy is coming in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. The word endure, hear me when I preach this, the word endure means to lodge, all right? To lodge, to pass the night, to stop over for a short time. In other words, stay overnight. And I loved doing this when I was a kid and was blessed to do it a few times. And I don't know if anybody doesn't enjoy this one time or another, especially when you're a kid. Stay overnight in a hotel. Somebody say that. Stay overnight. Stay overnight in a hotel. So weeping is going to stay for the night in a hotel. So th this is the idea. Weeping, weeping, tears, weeping is like a stranger who stays one night in a hotel and then leaves the next day. <laughs> stays one night in a hotel and leaves the next day. And so what David is trying to convey to us, his people, that the sorrow and the hurt... And the loneliness and the trial and the tribulation and the tears, the emotion, the tears from it, the weeping from it, they are to be here for a short time. They are to be here just for the overnight. In other words, sorrow and the tears from it are going to pass away and they are going to be succeeded by joy. David said, I know that you have wept all night, but I want to inform you that joy is coming in the morning. I want to proclaim to this group of people today that your menacing, depressive, bleak, and miserable guests have stayed in the hotel too long. And it's time for them to check out. <laughs> Woo! I feel like preaching. I'm coming to let somebody know that you've been you've had bad hotel. You need to turn to somebody, just tell them right now. You can't touch them, but just kind of look at them, maybe give them an air fist pump. Just turn to somebody right now, wherever you are, and tell them you, who's been running your hotel. Ask somebody that. Who has been running? 
who has been running your hotel. Bad hotel management. Would you say that with me? Bad hotel management. The devil has come in. Hey, I feel like preaching. I said the devil has come in and he has been lying to you. He's been trying to run things for too long. He has allowed too many bad customers to run your life for too long. He's been trying to tell you that in order for them to leave your hotel, that you have to pay the bill at the front desk. But I've got news for the devil. The debt and the payment was already done a long time ago as we celebrated on a Friday night. It's already been paid. I want to let somebody know that weeping has lasted through the night. It spent too much time around here. But joy is coming in the morning. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The guests have stayed too long. They've been around for too long. Your tears have stayed too long. Your sorrow has been here too long. Your distress has been too long. Your regret, trouble, and worry, they've been camping out in the hotel too long. I've come to tell unhappiness, and I've come to tell the burden, and I've come to tell dejection. And I've come to tell mourning, and I've come to tell misery, and I've come to tell disappointment and torment. It's time for you to check out. I said it's time for you to check out. Check out time was early this morning. I want to let somebody know, to let the hotel management know that depression has been camped out on the second floor of room 201. Somebody needs a knock on the door. And say depression, uh, you gotta get out of here. Uh, joy uh, is coming in the morning. Uh, distress uh, has got to check out. Uh, anxiety has got to go. Uh, fear has got to go. Joy is coming in the morning. Clap your hands. I said joy is coming. I said joy is coming. I want to let somebody know on an Easter Sunday that joy is coming. I wept. I wept on the pillow last night. Hey, I let the tears flow, but I hear a clicking on the heels of one of the heaven of the bedrooms of heaven. I hear the clicking of the heels, and she's getting her stuff together. Her name is Joy. She's packing her bag. She's putting her suitcase together. She's coming in the morning. I want to let the church know. I want to let somebody know. I want to let America know that joy is coming. And she'll be here in the morning. I said she's coming. Joy is coming. I wept last night. But I want to know that joy. Somebody give the Lord.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wept last night. I said I wept last night, but she'll be here in the morning. If the devil if the devil was going to depress me, he should have done it last night. If the devil was going to wipe out my finances, he should have done it last night. If the devil was going to destroy my family, he should have done it last night. If he was going to take my marriage, he should have done it last night. If he was going to destroy my mind he should have done it in the night if he was going to discourage me he should have done it last night if he was going to cause me to quit he should have done it last night it's too late devil I got a word from the Lord that joy joy is coming and she'll be here in the morning I said joy is coming it's too late devil Joy is coming. She coming in the morning. Somebody give the Lord some prayer. second I think I, I see somebody I see somebody coming off of the four-lane thoroughfare I see somebody making their turn on the exit I think I see it I don't know but it looks like joy I think she's coming I think she's coming I see her coming I've had this stress long enough I've wept long enough I'm tired of this sickness in our country you better hold on Joy is coming in the morning. Right out of my notes. Strike up the band, ring the bells, and bring out the feast. Joy is here with two exclamation marks. She's coming. I feel the Holy Ghost. I said I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I feel like getting reckless in the Holy Ghost. I want my brother to know. I know what you're going through, my brother Paul. I want you to know you just hold on, brother. Because joy, I know you've got a bad diagnosis, but joy is coming in the morning. I want my Uncle Claude to know just hold on. Joy is coming in the morning. I want my 92-year-old mama to know. I know you've had a bad week. I know it's your son and your brother, but hold on. Joy is coming in the morning. I don't know why, but I feel like speaking this. I want to say this to Stephanie Parkey. I want to say this to Margie Abbott. I don't know if they're watching. Maybe Stephanie will. I want to say this to kids and grandkids. I know you lost your daddy over the weekend. You're going to shed some tears and you already have. But if you hold on, someday you're going to be with him. Someday we're going to get together and joy is going to come in the morning. I want the church to know. Hold on. I know you're the and dismayed, but joy is coming. Somebody give the Lord some praise. Somebody come up on this stage and help me crazy. 
Well, let's just praise him for a moment. for just a moment they put him on a cross on Friday but on Sunday they said you can't keep him down we have some church in this place tonight. you can't keep him down you don't need to weep anymore Mary you don't need to weep anymore, Mama. You don't need to weep 